Welcome everyone to Anchored Hope, your weekly podcast where we inspire and encourage you to keep on going, to keep on moving forward in life and to keep on trusting in Jesus. Um, Today I'd like to speak to you on a message that um, I've entitled Hope versus Famine, Hope versus Famine. And the scripture reading is found in Genesis chapter 26 verses 1 to 6 and it reads as follows, There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abram. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abram your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven. I will give you to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And because Abram obeyed my voice, I kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Verse 6, so Isaac dwelt in the land. Verse 12, then Isaac sowed in that land. And in the same year, um, a hundredfold blessing was bestowed upon him. The man Isaac began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. So today I'd like to speak to you about one of the greatest destroyers of hope. Uh, This tool, this instrument, this currency has destroyed marriages, it has destroyed families, um, it has increased the rate of, of suicide like no other. It has caused people to live anxious, stressed out and fearful lives. Today I'm speaking to you about what the Bible calls a famine and what we call a recession or an economic downturn. Or or can I say it this way? Um, It's what we call a lack of money. Do you know that a lack of money and financial insecurity is one of the greatest destroyers of hope? I, I just want to be real today. Do you know that one of the reasons why many people struggle to volunteer for ministry is because they are stressed out about money? Do you know why many people struggle to give? And I'm not talking about um, just giving to, to a church or an organization, um, but I'm talking about being a blessing to to, to others being a blessing to their parents and to their loved ones and the reason why people struggle is because of this lack of money and indebtedness and and people are stressed out about it and so we're going to be looking at the life of Isaac this morning and we're going to look at this particular passage and we're going to treat it like like a case study and I truly believe that there are there are certain principles within this Passage that will help us to overcome this giant called famine. So let's just lay a quick foundation. Famine in the Bible speaks of an extreme shortage of food and resources, and it is usually caused by drought or war. And today, I mean, we don't always fully understand how devastating it was when we read in the Bible that people experienced famine because of the way that we live. In those days, people lived off the land. And when they experienced drought or a prolonged war, it impacted them in a great way. 
it, it was a matter of life and death. And South Africa, we know over the last five years, have experienced drought. And it is one of the, the main reasons why our food prices are so high. We are producing less and importing more because of the lack of harvest due to the drought that has hit our country. Now the Bible says in our main text this morning in Genesis chapter 26, that there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abram. In other words, um, this was the second famine to hit the land. The first one affected Abram, and now the second one was affecting the next generation, his son Isaac. And so I truly believe that God wants to address this giant of famine today. He wants to break the crippling effects of lack and poverty which famine produces over his people. And so how does God do this? Well, I just want to read uh, a few verses again. It says there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the day of Isaac. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of, of the Philistines. And then it says in verse 2, it says, Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I will dwell, which I tell you. Um, dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. So how does God address this issue of famine with Isaac? Well, the first thing God does is he stops Isaac from doing what his father Abram did. You see, when Abram was faced with a famine, he responded by going into Egypt. And we're going to look at what the meaning of Egypt is a little bit later. And I truly believe today that God wants us, God wants to, us to stop repeating the mistakes that our parents and their parents and their parents made. I'm sure that if you were honest today, some of us, when we look at our struggles in the area of, of money and in finances, we can clearly see that the, the same, that same devil or that same strategy of the enemy is being used against us as well. And today God wants to put a stop to it in the name of Jesus. I truly believe that God wants to put a stop to old cycles, um, uh, cycles that repeat itself over your life and over your family, over your children today in Jesus' name. I, I like this. The Bible says, and the Lord appeared to Isaac. That is how serious God was about addressing this giant. He said, uh, he didn't send an angel. The Bible says that God personally appeared to Isaac. And, and I really believe that God is serious today about addressing this issue in our lives. And I am personally sick and tired. Of the crippling effects of financial lack in our lives. So God appears to Isaac and then he stops Isaac from going to Egypt. Now can I, and I can hear God telling Isaac, Isaac, you can go to Egypt and, and you will survive the famine. You will have just enough and you will make it through this recession. But I don't want you to just have enough. I want you to experience my endless supply. Abram, your father, survived in Egypt and made it through the famine. 
Isaac, I want to bless you with abundance. I want to introduce you to another side of who I am, Al Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the God of more than enough. I want to destroy the crippling effects of famine in your life. And so Isaac, I like this, the Bible says he obeyed God and he dwelt in the land. I always say this to our church and I would like to say this to you today as you're listening to the podcast. The first step to a miracle is obedience. Uh, can I say it again? The first step to, to, to a miracle is obedience. The Bible says that after God spoke and instructed Isaac, Isaac obeyed God. Isaac was on his way to a miracle. And I like this. So what did Isaac do? He never went down into Egypt. So let's look what Egypt means this morning. Whenever the Bible speaks about Egypt, it is symbolic of the world system. So when God told Isaac, don't go to Egypt, what God was saying is, Isaac, I don't want you to do this the world's way. Uh, If you're going to overcome this giant Isaac, you need to do it my way. How, How many of you know this morning that the world's way of doing things many times are completely opposite to God's way of doing things, especially when it comes to money and to finances? In the world, if you want success, it could require backstabbing. Compromising your belief system and your models. Uh, it's, it's sometimes all about, you know, sucking up and playing dirty corporate political games. God's way is not like that. God will never require you to give up your models and your beliefs to hurt anyone in order for you to experience success. In Egypt, they will teach you the law of supply and demand. This is how the world makes money. They create a supply. And once they have enough supply, they place a demand in the market. And they are then able to dictate market value on goods and services. In the kingdom of God, God operates on demand and supply, not supply and demand, which again is completely opposite to the world. You see, when you experience famine, then there is no supply. And if there is no supply, you can't create a demand. That is why in the world, um, when the world experiences a, a, a crash or experiences a famine or a recession, Countries, economies, a man begins to go under. People lose all their hard-earned money that was locked up in pension funds or in businesses. It is all gone. And that is when people become hopeless. That is when people... um, Man commits suicide and become depressed and 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 stressed out because because the problem is we become so completely dependent on the world system that when it fails we do not know what to do. So in the kingdom, God says, "Make a demand on me." 
and I will supply your needs. This is what God was telling Isaac. He said, I don't want you to go to Egypt. I don't want you do, to do this uh, the world's way. I want you to do it my way. I want you to make a demand on me. I want you to make a demand on my endless supply. Because I am El Shaddai. Amen. Hallelujah. So we see this kingdom law play out in the Bible many times. For example, in 2 Kings chapter 4, we read about a lady's husband who passed away and he left his family with a lot of debt. The Bible says he was a son of the prophets. And this bothered me because he was, in actual fact, he was a man of God. And can we make it very clear this morning, everyone must learn this lesson. We cannot say, you know, I am a child of God and the world system will not have an effect on me. The Bible says that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. But while we are in this world, the world system will try and impact us. But we also know that because we are not of this world, there are kingdom principles that we can live by that will cause us to overcome the systems in the world. But if we are not applying kingdom principles in our lives, how many of you know you will be impacted and affected by the world system. So in 2 Kings chapter 4, the Bible says that this lady had a serious problem. Her husband left her with, with so much debt that the creditors were on their way to enslave her sons. We've got to win this battle over famine and financial lack today. Because if we don't, it's going to... Um, affect our children and our children's children. This lady then went to the prophet Elisha and said, I need help. And the prophet introduces her to the kingdom law of demand and supply. He asks her a question. He says, what do you have in your house? She says, I have a little oil. And the prophet says, that's enough. Let's make a demand on God. Get as many vessels as, as you and your sons can and start filling the bottles. The Bible says that because they made a demand on God, God caused that little oil to multiply. And as long as there was a vessel, the supply never stopped. Man, can I say, say this? I, I, I'm sure you've heard this powerful statement before, but little can become much in the hand of God. When you make a demand on the supply of God, God will meet your needs. Hallelujah. Can I say that again? When you make a demand on the supply of God, God will meet your needs. In verse in verse 4 of Second Kings chapter 4, it says, After they collected all the vessels, they went into their house and they shut 
to the door and they began pouring oil into the vessels. Man, I, I want you to shut the door today on the world system. I want you to say today, you know what? I, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm shutting the door on negativity. I tried doing it the world's way and, and I'm in so much debt, but I'm shutting the door. I'm going to make a demand on God's supply. Hallelujah. You might say this morning, but um, um, Pastor Ash, that's an Old Testament example. You know, does God operate on that same law, the law of demand and supply? Does he operate in the same way in the New Testament? Well, well, let's look at this. There's a story in the Bible about another prophet. The prophet Jesus and the Bible says that he's busy teaching in the Gospels. He's teaching and he's instructing people. And the Bible says that as he's teaching, the crowd continues to grow until there's about 5,000 men besides women and children. And now, now they had a problem because the people um, that, that came to listen to Jesus was getting hungry. And the people, uh, uh, they, they traveled quite far and they wouldn't be able to make the journey back home um, without eating something. So Jesus goes to his disciples and he says to them, he says, feed them. And the response is interesting because they responded according to the world system. They said, we do not have enough money to feed such a big crowd. So Jesus introduces them to the kingdom law of demand and supply. He asked, what do we have? They said, all we have is a few fish and, and some bread. And Jesus says, that's enough. Hallelujah. Because little becomes much in the hand of our God. And so Jesus took the, the fish and the bread, and the Bible says that he looked up to heaven, and he gave thanks to God. He made a demand, and God began to multiply the fish and the bread, and they were able to feed the multitude. I like what Jesus did. The Bible says he looked up and he gave thanks. You you might say this morning, I I I never I never have enough money. I mean the season has been hard for me. We we in the middle of a pandemic. Well, I, I mean I want to encourage you to do what Jesus did. Uh, what Jesus did was he took his eyes off um, everything else. The Bible says that he looked up. That word looked up meant that he refocused. Or he focused. And where did he focus? He focused his attention on heaven. The Bible says he looked up. I believe as he looked up, he was saying, Father God, he said, My Father, I'm making a demand on your supply today. And, and, and when he looked up, he began to give thanks. He said, Father, thank you that you can supply our needs. That you can multiply what we have. And the Bible says we know that the fish and the bread started to multiply. And what I love is, is that Jesus, man, gave thanks. In other words, I want to encourage you in the middle of this, your famine, in the middle of this pandemic that we find ourselves in. Number one, again, I want to encourage you to look up, change your focus, look up, 
focus on heaven. The Bible says we ought to set our mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Look up and then change your confession of lack and begin to speak the word of God. The Bible says Jesus began to give thanks unto God. Man, we need to change the way we speak. We need to stop speaking lack over our lives because of what we see. When we focus on heaven, We need to say, Father God, I'm looking up. I'm changing my confession. I believe, Father God, that you are able to turn things around for my good. Hallelujah. Can I say it again this morning? Look up and make a demand. Let's just go back very quickly to Isaac. The Bible says, so Isaac, God was telling Isaac, he says, stay in the land. And Isaac obeyed. And when Isaac stayed in the land... Isaac then does something amazing. He taps into the kingdom law of demand and supply. He says, okay, God, um, if you want me to stay in the land and you say that you're going to bless me while uh, while I'm in the land, then I might as well sow in the land. How many of you know it must have looked foolish when people heard that Isaac was sowing seed in dry land, in a land that was filled with famine. But Isaac was making a demand, and in the middle of a famine, God supplied Isaac with a hundredfold harvest. Man, I'm so glad today that we serve an amazing and an awesome God. Genesis chapter 26 verses 12 and 13 says, Then Isaac sowed in the land and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him and the man became rich and kept on getting richer until he was very wealthy. Hallelujah. Isaac destroyed. He crushed this giant of famine. And how did he do it? He did it, number one, through obedience. He obeyed God. He was God-focused. And then he tapped into the law of demand and supply. He placed a demand on his God. And his God was faithful. And his God supplied his demand and met his every need. Didn't meet his need God superseded his needs The Bible says that he prospered He continued prospering Until he became very prosperous I prophesy over your life today In the name of Jesus Man that as we make a demand As you make a demand On the supply of God today That God will cause you to prosper That God will cause you to continue prospering Until you are very prosperous Man, we're not going to, uh, uh, we're not settling today. We're not going to settle in debt. We're not going to settle in lack. I want to encourage you today in Jesus' name. Grab a hold of this word and run with it. Grab a hold of this word. Shut the door on negativity. Shut the door on the world's way of doing things. We've tried the world's way of doing things, people. Let's do it God's way. Hallelujah. And I believe, man, and I'm standing with you, and I'm in agreement with you, that the curse 
of of a lack of finances would be not only be broken off your life, but it will be broken off the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord is unto a thousand generations. Father God, today we grab a hold of that blessing. We thank you, Father God. We repent of doing things the world's way. But today we focus on you. We look up. And Father God, we say thank you that you are a good God. And we say thank you that you are able to turn things around for our good. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Be blessed and have a great, great week further. God bless you.